Blog Talk Radio. Yes, indeed it is. Today it is Blog Talk Radio yet again. And I'm your host, Dr. Deb Carlin, here on Blog Talk Radio on the K Factor, where K equals kindness. And the factors are all the things that lead to it. This is the daily show where Ron Williams and I co-host this episode, this hour, this hour-long discussion. And, you know, what was prompted by uh, one thing has grown into many things. We had both been looking at what it is that's happened in our country here in 2020 and felt unhinged about it and compassionate about it and concerned about it. And it started with uh, the coronavirus, and then it evolved into the politic around all of that, and then it evolved into mass destruction around the country of a whole variety of our cities. And information coming out in different ways from different media channels. There he is. He always comes in at the best moment. This is always spectacular. Good afternoon, sir. <laughs> it's a man on the run. Man on the run. <laughs> I don't know if there's a song that goes with that. I don't know what it is exactly. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Williams. How are you today? There we go. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you just fine. How are you today? I'm doing good. Happy Monday. <laughs> Happy Monday to you, too. You look like a man on the run. I started singing that song. Isn't there a song called Man on the Run? <laughs> now you're frozen. <clears throat> so as I was saying, I'll just keep talking, and when Ron gets unfrozen then he will he will join us here. You know, um, the concerns that we had, that we shared about what it is that's happening in our country in 2020 are really summed up like this. The behaviors in America have long been defined as being so kind and abundant that this country was regarded as the greatest on the face of the earth a place to pursue life, liberty, and happiness. And right now it seems as a vile, we're seen as a a nation, as a vile, unfair, uncontrollable, out of control, vulgar, with argument from within our own country, our own citizenry. There's all this, you know, infighting and chaos. But here at The Daily Show, we aren't of that mindset. We believe that the news is the wrong angle. And the leadership has the wrong perspective and lack of action. And here's the punchline for us. When you love others, you rescue them, even from themselves, when they are out of control. And so our approach here on The Daily Show has been to talk about the issues that we're really concerned about. Here's the bottom line. Freedom matters. And we can't take a single bit of our freedom for granted. And it is a blessing that we just had 9-11 because we've had shows all over the radio, 
and the the television and social media where where we have veterans coming out and veterans talking to particular media and saying, you know, here's why I went and fought for my country and here's what I love about and here's what I believe in terms of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness and stop with this this talk about how it's unfair and unrelenting and we have systemic racism and these are people of all colors talking and we've got people like Candace Owens who comes out and is interviewed and, and, and talks about the ways in which she, a year ago, she had no uh, black community support and now people are coming to her after reading her book and listening to her and saying, thank you back for my life. Because now I see I've been enslaved in ways I thought people were trying to help me. And it was a manipulation and a maneuver. So thank you for helping me. People are finally coming out in the media and saying, and this just blows my mind. It's like, why did it take you so long to wake up? Is it just that you're now reading the teleprompter and they're telling you to say something else? But now you're now you're saying, oh, this unrest in our cities has got to come to an end. When is it all going to stop? Well, you want to know when it really grabbed people in their sensibilities was when we had two young officers in their vehicle in California and had somebody come up to the passenger side window who was the size and height of a child and shoot them to kill them point blank. And then they were rushed to the hospital. They got help right away and they rushed to the hospital. What happens when they get to the hospital? There are protesters there. They're not protesters. They're evil, mean, horrible human beings with so much hatred. They block the ambulances from getting into the emergency department. And then they stand outside and chant, you must die. The police must die. We want you to die. Oh, dear Lord in heaven, we are looking at this, and now finally it's gotten so vile, it, it, it might as well be con- contrived by the right, because it's so vile and contrived that now people are saying, well, what's wrong with the left? You know what? There's an old saying, the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing, and vice versa. What are we doing out here? Ron and I are saying we are the news. You want the news? Come here. We'll give you the news. What did you think about all that this weekend, Ron? Well, the best thing, did that really happen, by the way? It really happened. Yep, it really and truly happened. Two young police officers, they'd been, they just enrolled in the police force 14 months ago. And the video is unbelievable, Ron. I mean, the person who comes up to the passenger side window can barely see in that window. Boom, boom. And, and help me understand. So when they went to the hospital, there were people trying to block the entrance kind of a thing? Yep. Did they live, the police officers? The police officers have finally been, uh, now I think it's been uh, 36 or 48 hours. The police officers are now in their in their struggle to fight for their life. It looks as if they might just survive. Do they did they ever find out who pulled the trigger? 
Now there's a massive manhunt on. There's a $100,000 reward. They've got this idiot on video. But, you know, if this is a, if this is a, a, a gang, a, a gang, a terrorist, whatever you want to call it, maneuver, this person has gotten paid a handsome fee and earned all kinds of points in their organization for making such a heinous act. You see, here's my problem with this. I understand that the black community feels injustice at times. I understand that. What I don't understand is that, you know, George Floyd was in in, 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 another, Excuse me, my phone just rang. George Floyd was in another encounter with the police when, when what happened to him happened. I don't agree with what happened, but yeah. he was in an encounter. The guy in St. Louis was in an encounter. Uh, the guy in Florida was in an encounter, you know. Uh, and, and so I don't, I'm not going to be the judge of whether it was right or wrong or anything, but I, I can at least say there was an encounter with two police officers, young who have their lives ahead of them or serving their community, not in an encounter, get shot. To me, that like two wrongs don't make a right. How about how about fifty wrongs don't make a right? Because that's just over. That's just that's overkill, and it's it's in, it's it's not sending the message of racial injustice. It's 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 sending a whole other message of oh. evil. Well, and I'll tell you what, it is sending a message of of racism, of jobism, of uh, <clears throat> all kinds of isms. And, and, you know, since the beginning of 2020, Ron, we have had over 100 police officers across the country hospitalized mm-hmm. seriously. And, and I don't know what the count is on how many have been killed. But, you know, this was two police officers sitting there. And um, sitting there, and this happened. But what about all the police officers who have been called to rescue somebody, and and uh, they're ambushed? It's a fake call, and they get there and they're ambushed. There was a there was a, a call that was this weekend. There's more riots in another city because a a, a, a black male was shot. The police officers came to the call for domestic disturbance. The guy opens up the door and runs towards them, lunging with a knife. Hello. What do you want the police officers to do? Say hello, good afternoon, how are you? I mean, this is not reasonable thinking. This is called completely insane. Do you want to hear something worse? Go ahead. Being murdered or attacked while you're protecting and serving is different than being murdered in an attack when you're under another police encounter. Not that I agree with either. I'm just saying, you know, it's it's sending the wrong message. It's all horrible. Well, I, I was amazed. I was on social media this morning, <clears throat> and I and I and I had a bunch of things land inside of my Twitter thread, and there were people on that thread who were arguing. We hope that the police officers, those two cops, die. What did they do? 
They deserved it. They had to be doing something. It's justified. It's right. It's about time. But I'll tell you, it was a long, a long series of responses, and and there maybe were five people on there out of uh, 40 or 50 who were saying nasty, horrible, ugly things, and everybody else on there was saying, no way. And I, uh, my response was, seriously? Because my, my response that got the, uh, the whole thread exploded was I said, there is no, zero excuse for violence. Zero. And then it just was a lot of support. And then these other people saying, oh, yes, there is. Oh, yes, there is. And I'm thinking. Well, think, think about this for a second. You know, everybody keeps you know trying to be armchair police officer here. By you know, I wouldn't have killed him. I wouldn't have shot him. I might have done this or done that. And yeah, easy to say when you're an onlooker and you're sitting in your armchair in the living room. But let me tell you something. If you're a police officer and you you have 20 of these encounters a week or more, you know, after a while you probably just become slightly jaded that if people, you know, if people resist and, and attack, that there's just zero tolerance. And so that's why I'm just I'm so bothered, you know, by this whole thing, because I don't care what color you are. This isn't, if you resist or you attack or you, you invite retaliation upon yourself, I got to think that police officers, officers probably had too many of these in the week for you to try to be special in this moment. <laughs> Whatever happened to the respect issue, you get pulled over, respect the cop, let him respect you. And again, not every single police officer is perfect. I get it. But man, trying to play armchair quarterback of when he should have shot or what he should have used, or, you know, that's irrelevant to me, man. If you're doing this and you have 20 of these encounters a week, 52 weeks a year for 10 plus door. Well, I'll tell you what. My thinking about this is, is that even Joe Biden has come out and said, this violence is unacceptable and it's got to stop. Okay. He has to. He has to say it. He better. Well, I'm just saying, politically, if he's the guy saying, yeah, keep going, he ain't going to win. I think he's enjoyed what's happening right now because it's being shadowing, it's shadowing his, his, his opponent. Yeah. But he has to say
don't think you and I have all the answers. I don't think we care to or we're professing to. We just we just want to seek the truth. And if the truth says that they, uh, you know, the left is going too far here, or the right has gone too far here, we'll probably talk about it in, in a favorable way, in a, in a transparent way. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I haven't heard anybody. I haven't heard anybody on the news, and I've been flipping the channels and and looking, and I haven't heard anybody defending two police officers sitting in their vehicle on the media. I haven't heard anybody there defending that any part of that was at all acceptable. It's just too heinous. It really is just too heinous. What what has hap- What has happened? What's happened? I mean, come on. I I feel like everybody that I can sit down and talk to over a bagel and a coffee or a bagel and a juice, that we can reason that that's just flat out wrong. You know, we can reason that. So, yeah, so where are the people that I'm not seeing who are making these posts? Are they paid to make these posts? What's going on? I think a lot of them are. And I think I think um, a lot of them are just rebels without a cause who now have a real cause in their own mind, and they're going to be mean-spirited, evil, angry, no matter what. And this is their lifestyle. Crazy. It is crazy. And and there's you know Ron the 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 point is that in this moment. It's the world is looking over in our direction. We don't look like the world leader right now. We look like we're a chaotic mess. And and I, I would think it would be interesting to find out how many people are trying to cross the border illegally right now. Because I would think that they'd be sitting where they are on their side of the border going, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it looks so good over there right now. I don't know that I'm not going to walk the street and get shot right now. Well, America is center of, you know, it's the eye of the storm. Whatever's going on in the world, America typically is the eye of the storm because so many countries either A, would like to understand our economy and our proprietary, you know, our our proprietary uh, intellectual properties as a country. They either B, want to migrate here, C, they don't like us, they don't like freedom. Um, and a lot of them are just dependent on us creating peace. So it doesn't matter what the conversation is most of the time around the world. America is kind of the hot turmoil that creates an uncertain world right now. And I'm not saying that to sound really elitist as an American. I'm just saying I've had people around the world say, please get it together, guys. We need you to get it together. We need your leadership. We need your freedom. We need your liberation as a country. And, boy, this political campaign is dark, in my opinion. It's absolutely dark. And and I hate seeing, in my opinion, mindless people being used as pawns yeah. for darkness. Because yeah. those people are going to be the number one victims of this. I know. I actually, I, I, I really do believe that um, there are so many people that get taken advantage of and they end up looking foolish. But if you really give your heart an opportunity, you'll have compassion. Yeah, you have to love them, you know, but 
you, you want to shake some sense into them too. You know, like I've had employees before, you know, run some big companies where a certain two or three employees, you know, which ones they are, you know, uh, energy attracts and they'll go in the corner and have this little heckling thing and they'll have their own story going on. And then one day you, you offer them, Hey, how would you like your story to come true? You know? And then they have to really think about it. Like, huh, the consequences are going to affect not all those people. They're going to affect us three. <laughs> so you, you, you almost say, look, I, I might be CEO of this company, but I don't have all the answers. I'm not perfect. I'm trying to run a company. So you have a job. I have a job. We have a job. We're doing something purposeful, meaningful. We're making money. We're providing whatever it is. And it ain't going to be perfect. So get in line. Yeah. You know? Right. It exactly. Takes, it takes no power to be a critic. Yeah. Zero. Right. Exactly. So what is so fascinating to me, and I don't know the names of all the reporters. I just, I kind of don't want to, I know, I know some of them, (laughs) you know, it's like, I don't want, I don't want to feel like I'm friends with them or something, but you know, like I, I, Joe Buck from St. Louis, Missouri. Did you know, did you know his father, Jack Buck? I mean, they're big in sports, sports commentator. Oh yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I know who they are. Okay, and, and 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 the Buck family is so beloved and popular in St. Louis, Missouri, and darling people. And so Joe Buck, I mean, I I don't know him well, but I've known him. We've had conversations. We've been, you know, in different scenarios around each other. I watched him do his sportscast commentary, and and I sat there and I thought, first of all. I have better sound equipment than you do. <laughs> I have my camera more appropriately placed than you do. And what, what, excuse me, what are you talking about? What are you defending? You're defending the players and you're defending what they've done. That all the, all the professional athletes, what they've done to disrespect America, to not participate in the in the national anthem. I think we ought to have to do the Pledge of Allegiance, too, by the way. Hey, I saw, I don't remember which teams it, were, it was. You'll love this. I'd like this to get out there. I can't remember which two teams it was, but they decided together that they would stand during the national anthem, but they would kneel on the kickoff the first play together. <laughs> no, I thought that was, if they wanted to protest, that was a respectful way to do it. Now, the fans may not like it, but I'm saying if, if, if there needed to be a compromise, that was the best compromise I've seen. Stand during the national anthem and take a, take a knee on the first play of the game together. That's it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a, little bit, a little bit more respectful. I mean, Joe, Joe went on for a long time about how, well, you know, there's no other time. These guys are busy. You know, they got to play the game. There's no other time for them to make their statements, so this is how they need to make it. I want to tell you, I wrote, of course, a loving message saying, Joe, I am so disappointed. I mean, I can't, I cannot believe this. I, you know, and it was like three paragraphs. And <laughs> on Facebook, I couldn't help it. And I, was, and I said, I really, I'm not trying to like, be, you know, hurt you, but I just have to tell you, I'm really disappointed. I, I, I want to know your reply. In the meantime, other people are expletives and, you know, asterisks and, to, you know, Here's the first letter of the word, asterisk, and then the last letter of the word, guess what they said? And just ripping him to shreds, and I'm thinking, Joe, 
don't you understand? I mean, really, are you not paying attention to what's happened in our country? You know, how about if all the firefighters who are out there and we have pictures of them in their full gear, they're so exhausted. They come out of those mountains of three and a half million acres of fires and they lay down on the dirt next to their trucks and they just pass out and then they sleep for a while and they get up and they take a hose of water and they go back in and march single file into the fires. What if those guys, you know, are they, are they getting glory pay and, and they love America and they're not doing that. You know, our veterans who've gone out and, and fought for America, all the guys who worked 9-11 and who, who really suffered through that and have got tremendous health issues now because of all the respiratory things, all the respiratory fallout that there was from, from the explosions in 9-11. You know, so you mean to tell me that you feel mistreated here that you don't have opportunity because I'm hearing a bunch of people, black people who are saying, uh, I don't buy it. I've had great opportunity. I see great opportunity all around me. What are you talking about? Stop it. And it is kind of yeah. like, you know, Ron, if you're in a marriage that's in trouble, how about if we just talk about it, say, here's what the issue is, then we move forward, you know, like, let's just live our life now. Okay. You know, it's funny. Denzel Washington and the one guy we talked about last week who who plays God. Oh, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. um, They were in an interview kind of together, and I just love the way that they talked about it. They were just so, look, it's like this conversation goes between compassion for the black race in, in social justice or injustice and to responsibility to, Hey, if you've got nothing to worry about, then there's no beef with the police officer. I mean, in other words, if you paid your ticket and you know, you're, you're doing your thing and you're just kind of, you know, get pulled over and you got nothing to worry about. There's no gun in the glove compartment and there's no drugs out of the seat, no matter what color you are, then, I don't. I have a hard problem, hard time holding anyone of any color small. I like how they talk about it. Morgan says, "Hey, there's no racism. When you talk about it, it exists. When you don't, it doesn't." That was how he summed it up. And Bill Washington summed it up in more of a, like he said, "Hey, I had, I grew up with. I was the only one that had a father in the home, a father involved in my life." And he said, "The other three went to jail. I ended up here." He said, this is really about the family unit of any color, having yeah. fathers, having parents. And they're just talking about it in the most, like, empowering way. Knowing that we still have a ways to go, they were at least speaking it into existence. Yeah. And what we're doing is the opposite of speaking yeah. it into existence. We're tearing it down yeah. is what we're doing yeah. uh, into a lesser existence. So I, it just uh, creeps me out. Well, I'll tell you what. I had, I had a, a beautiful weekend on on Saturday I was I was out and I and I and I met a friend and we sat outside at a little cafe and we had coffee and a bagel and we sat and talked for a couple hours and laughed unmasked 
and just free, like regular human beings, adults in America. On Sunday, I met a friend. That that friend on Saturday was up here, up north outside of the city. On Sunday, I was invited to a brunch in the city, and I thought, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, you know, cock-a-doodle-doo. I feel like a big chicken. But I was given the instructions, do this, go this way, go this way. And I said, is there valet parking? Yes, Deb, there's valet parking. Is it like right in front at the curb, right in front of the restaurant? Yes. Okay. And you'll be there? Yeah, I'll be there. Okay. So I'm driving, I'm driving down there. I, I, I take all the streets and I had to drive through the part that had been really ripped apart on Michigan Avenue. And you know what? Here was what was beautiful. Lots of people out walking. It was a beautiful day. Very peaceful. Windows still boarded up. Some businesses absolutely not coming back, but <clears throat> it felt beautiful, gorgeous. And I was in my city, in my turf, and I thought, okay, but guess why? Because at every single intersection, squad car, blue lights flashing, every single block, every single intersection. The message is, we're not going to let you in here. We're not going to let this happen. And in places where it was walk-in, because they've got the restaurant tables expanded out into the street, you can't get in there without walking up to the police officers and having to say what your business is and where you're going. We sat outside right on the Chicago River, and uh, this guy knows the people there. He's got a restaurant down in that area. And I said, well, this is interesting, all these different boats. Oh, gosh, some of the boats are so gorgeous. It was amazing. And uh, one that looked like it would belong to John F. Kennedy, you know, wood paneled and creamy colors and all that. Well, there were a couple of boats, and I said, those look like marine boats. And he said, this is a federal piece of land here. The river is federal property. So we've got the feds here. And they, you wouldn't believe the equipment that they had on these boats. It looks very indiscreet, but when you're told what it can do, I mean, it's just like, wow, unbelievable. And I said, are there federal agents around us? <laughs> and he said, yeah. I'm one. No, I'm kidding. Well, he could have been. You know, you, and I like that. You know, I, it's fine with me not to know. Because I haven't done anything wrong, but I sure want to be protected. I had a hairspray can in my car of uh, pepper spray. Well, it's getting close. and um, 49 days. I'm going to start posting a little bit more uh, aggressively myself. Um, I feel like it's time. I've just been, you, know, you want to make sure that when you get closer that everything you say is on point or true or or something you believe in. You know, sometimes um, sometimes we need to believe in what we're – we need to make sure that enough enough events pass where you know – because in politics, we never know everything. That's no, the problem. That's right. That's one of the Because we all probably are ignorant. Not look. We all probably are ignorant on several points because they will never tell us what really is going on behind this, behind that. But right. based on – general results for our country and general intention, I'm crystal clear uh, the direction that I, I want to go or I want to place my vote. 
and um, anything that we can do, I can do, anybody can do to illuminate the strong points of your vote, now would be the time. But I will say the strong points of your vote are not are not Trump's tweets. The strong points of your vote is not burning down cities. Those are not the strong points. But if you have enough strong points that would move the rest of us, man, let's 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 move each other into an alignment that says this is what we want for our country. And so um I'm I'm kind of getting ready to take this on right now. I'm I'm in the position professionally where I can do this and oh, be, kind of, be kind of neutral for once. <laughs> so can you can you do things on our show here too that are you feeling like you can say more and speak more because Ron, we're getting a lot of traction with our shows. Well, I'll I'll say it in short right now. Number one, when Trump won, I thought, oh, my gosh, he's a bit contentious. You know, he's a bit narcissistic. He, he likes to be right, and I'm worried that he's going to provoke war. Well, guess what? When he came into office those first three years, I never in my entire life heard less rumor of war. Yeah. Um, the economy. I don't know. I kind of like the economy when it's nice and strong. I think the whole world likes our economy when it's nice and strong. It has a trickling effect where everyone benefits from a strong American economy. I had... I had somebody from Australia once say, when you Americans sneeze, we all catch a cold. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I like the strong economy. I don't mean it at the expense of humanity, but I mean it at the, at the propping up of humanity, the illuminance of humanity. Because you know what? When you do that, when the economy is at its peak, what's beautiful about that is President Trump can offer initiatives, perks, and bonuses for special interest nonprofits so that they had special in their nonprofits that would allow them to serve one another on these special interest issues. But God knows that politicians don't give a rip about those special interest issues. So imagine if we got to do that, and because the economy is so strong, it was made easier for us to take care of each other and follow our passion. If it's a special interest, follow it. Be true to yourself and help others. I love that. Um, I like that the borders were going to be open but legally. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? So if I go to another country and I sneak out, I expect to get caught. Yeah. And if they catch me, they can put me in their jail for the rest of the life. But you know what? In America, we just send them back home. They're like, whoo, you guys are the nicest people in the world. Thank you. <laughs> you know. I'll try See you again. Next month. Right. <laughs> See you next so, round. So I like that. And, and a lot of people misunderstand it. You know, they think, oh, we're all against clothes. We're all, you know, it's a certain race. No, it's not. This is, we want, you know, you go into a nightclub on the weekend, if it's full, you wait in line outside until somebody leaves and you get to go in. Yeah. You know, that's, that's just common sense. And look at, look at California. I'm sorry, I'm going to point something out. Yeah. California has all coastline, expensive real estate, every theme park, <laughs> major event, 50 professional sports teams, Silicon Valley, Hollywood, the music industry. They've got so much abundance, but yet they're belly up. Why? Because of an illegal open border. Yeah. They're belly up. So if you want to use that as an example, California, sadly, is an example. People are flooding out of California right now, just getting out of there, not just because of the fires, trust me. Right. They're getting out of there because they cannot stomach the ridiculousness, the lowness, the lowlinessness of what's going on there. So, so, so open borders, um, you know, I like that he's calling the pharmaceutical companies out and saying, hey, stop charging, a, you know, some exaggerated BS publicly priced model for our drugs for people who need medicine. 
not that I'm a big drug person or a medicine person, but hey, there are elderly people that are dependent on insulin or certain things, mood enhancement or, or blood flow issues, whatever they happen to be. I'm not going to judge those people. They seem to be relying on it. I love that he's calling these companies out. Yeah. They have a, 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 an 80 times markup or, a, or, a, or 800 times markup on their product. Right. Well, one little pill that costs eight cents, they're charging $80 for. Yeah, I agree. Know? So I, I like these things. Do I love his personality? Not really, but you know what? He's human. So what? Did I love President Clinton in the Oval Office with an intern? No, I didn't. But I'm just saying, you have to take the good with the bad. And I'm, I only look at the results. I'm not about Trump or Biden. I'm about Agenda A or Agenda B. Yep. I like Agenda A that I'm pointing out. So I'm pretty crystal clear, you know, that, and, and nor do I want us to be riddled by control, riddled by socialism. I'm just not interested in those things. Um, so I, I think that um, what, what we're seeing right now is I hope that we can all understand it's not about Trump. Stop giving your Trump your power, folks. Yeah. Stop giving him your power. I don't. No. Just follow the agenda and acknowledge that he's a man just like you or me. He's a human being like you or me. He's got some strengths. He's got some weaknesses. But I'll tell you what, with all these career politicians, yeah. if not Trump, then who? That's my question. Well, I'll tell you what, I do not want anybody in office who's going to tell me that it is going to be mandated law for the entire country to wear a mask all the time, anytime. You know, when I when I walk into a store, and excuse me, I am not putting that mask up over my nose and under my glasses and under my chin, down my throat. And I have people who want to chide me about that and say to me, it's a law. No, excuse me, it's not a law. It's a health ordinance that's not a law. So, you know, get your facts straight. And by the way, I, I, am, I am mortified at how terrified people are. It's disgusting to me. It's bullying, Ron. It's outright bullying the way that people have been informed about the coronavirus. Horribly. Well, what saddens me and excites me, and I even hate admitting it because I've never admitted things like this in my life. I've never had to think this way. But if Biden wins, it's going to be ugly. If Trump wins, it's going to be ugly. Yes, it is. And I'm all for thinning the herd. I hate, I hate to admit it. But, you know, if it's time to thin the herd, it's time. We are under attack by our own right now. We are really under attack by our own. And, you know, there's so many people who are on the short end of this. And, and, and so here's, here's what I want people to really start thinking about. If, you're, if you believe that Black Lives Matter, then look at the movement and ask yourself, what have they done to promote the cause, to pull people together, to get people mobilized into what they think is going to be racial equality. So I would like to see the design. Show me a design. Just draw it out on paper. Make it a 20-point list. What does racial equality look like? Because right now it feels to me like as a white lady, I'm, I'm arch enemy number two, second only to white men. <laughs> yeah, you're not, a, you're not allowed to have an opinion on this. No, not no. And, and, Isn't that funny? Yeah, and, and, and I would also like for people to tell me that they have 
read the entire website and all the links on Black Lives Matter, because I have, and I don't like socialism, and I don't like Marxism, and excuse me, do you think that those people actually know what Karl Marx really was? Do you think he wasn't a racist, really? Where where was it that his equality came in here? His right. equality was that he was in power. And all you people out there, yeah. Well, in, another thing we have to discuss, too, is that Trump is pro less regulation less regulation to business whereas the other is more for regulation and when that happens what it really it's regulation is just a nice word it's like slow it down trim it up you know don't give the people too much control you know this is our country for health sakes yeah we pay them yeah doesn't mean we can be unruly about it which is happening but man this is our country they work for us and so that deregulation thing or regulatory, more regulation, that's a serious matter as well in business. It doesn't look like the government works for us. Not now. We've given them all the power. we got to stop looking to the TV and start looking in the mirror, man. That's every single one of us can be heard. And look, at, and I'm cool if you're watching this show and you have a different opinion. Totally cool about that. But, man... We do need to look in the mirror for solutions. And Debbie, I love your idea. The idea, whatever that was, that count, that 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 connotation that you made that said, "What is the twenty points of, of equality? What are they? You know, what would that look like if it was co-created by people of all color, and we could say, okay, now we're talking about a solution, not, not the problem. I'm a businessman. I know that if you keep talking about the problem, you're going to fail." But I also know if you're always talking about the solution, you're going to succeed. And all we're doing right now is like in the most lowly victim energy and conversation, we are talking only about the problem. We absolutely are. All right, I'm going to, I'm going to vote on something. I'm going to vote that what we do is we leave our audience with this invitation, and I'm going to, and I'm going to post it on our show page. And I'm going to ask people, and I'm going to put it on LinkedIn and also on on Facebook. And if you want, I can put it on yours if it's open for me posting. Otherwise, you can lift it or have somebody on the team lift it and put it yeah, there. Yeah, I need somebody. On, I need somebody on the team to help me. <laughs> I, I tried and I failed. Uh, I'm going to ask people to fill out the form for the 20. What's your 20 points? Yes. yes. And get it done. I think, I think that's 20 points of equality. You know, yeah. and and I think that it should be co-created so that we're talking about the solution, not backstepping into yes. the problem. Yeah. And that's all we're doing is we're choosing to be the smallest victims, entitlement, do me. It's the worst energy in the world because you know what? When somebody's in that mode or a group is in that mode, you cannot say anything right, and that's right. how white people feel right now. I don't feel like we feel like we can say the right thing right now. Right. We're trying. Right. And our, our ignorance is pretty evident in many areas. I get it. But, man, help us say the right thing. Let's co-create the 20 points of, uh, of equality. Yeah. Help us out here. So, friends, we're leaving you on a charged-up note. And so take <laughs> advantage of it. Ron, stick with me while I close it out. Friends, this is your host, Dr. Deb Carlin, here with Ron uh, Williams. And we are live here on the daily show we're here every flipping day so we'll see you tomorrow 
And there you go. So until then. 20 points of equality. 20 points of equality. We'll be right back. 